Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Good morning. I'm Carmen LaBerge. It is hour two of Mornings with Carmen on this 29th of April. If you missed hour one, I highly recommend that you listen to it via the podcast at MyFaithRadio.com or on the Faith Radio app. I thought that the conversation, particularly with George Barna, um, was great in terms of worldview and how we are um, failing to cultivate a biblical worldview in the next generation and how we might... um, engage more effectively in uh, in doing that if we want to see if we want to see a harvest of righteousness in the culture in which we live so all right here's a couple of uh, headline notes for us today um I, I'll just confess to you that I'm I'm not a person who's been paying a whole lot of attention to all of the things that palm oil might be in but Indonesia exports one-third of the world's edible oil. Uh, But as of yesterday, they said, you know what, Um, for a month, we're not going to export any because we need to make sure that our country is well stocked uh, amid what is a global shortage of other edible oils, namely sunflower oil, since the nation of Ukraine is not going to be planting anything this year. So um, you're going to start turning packages over and, uh, and realize why the cost of ice cream and Dove soap is going up. And it's going to be because there's about to be a real, like a real genuine shortage of palm oil because Indonesia is going to not export palm oil for a month. There you go. I just, it's some some things we don't often think about uh, and the way that one country's decision affects many other people around the world. The National Football League draft kicked off last night. Many people uh, paying attention to this. Apparently the Jacksonville Jaguars Um, because they were worst in the league in terms of their record, uh, earned the number one pick for the second year in a row. And this year they chose defensive end Trayvon Walker from the University of Georgia. Uh, And so there you go. Apparently this is an ongoing event in Las Vegas. It's going to comprise today and tomorrow as well. And, um, and apparently quite a scene if you are if you are tuned in. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security Secretary May Orcas uh, testified before Congress yesterday over the Biden administration's plans to bring an end to Title 42. You will recognize that as the policy allowing for the expedited deportation of people crossing the southern border into the United States. That's sort of the return to Mexico policy, one way of describing that. Um, lots of folks are uh, very, very concerned about the proposal to end Title 42 on May the 23rd um, as we are facing record surges uh, in border crossings already. And so um, just we're going to keep an eye on that. We're going to keep talking about it. Encourage you to talk to your members of Congress if it's something of concern to you as well. Paul Acey uh, joins us next from um, Focus on the Families Plugged In. Looking forward to 
reviews of what's going on this week and um, and also, you know, uh, unpacking some conversations about some controversy. Several of you have asked the question about the chosen and uh, influence by those uh, who are in the Church of Latter-day Saints. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Joining us now, Paul AC from Focus on the Families Plugged In. Welcome back, sir. Thank you for having me. It's great to be on. All right. So we have a number of things that I would like to ask you about today, but let's start with some reviews. Um, let's talk about the bad guys. Oh, the bad guys. That is surprisingly, compared to its title, a very good movie. Um, it's an animated movie that that features a bunch of bad guys. Essentially, these these anthropomorphic uh, animals. You know, a wolf, a snake, a tarantula, a piranha, a shark. They're all. It's this team of villains that goes around and steals stuff all the time. They've been told all their lives that they're bad, and so they sort of live up to their reputation, and they've become one of the most notorious uh, criminal gangs in the world. Um, but as they're about to do their biggest job ever, something happens that causes the leader, Mr. Wolf, the big bad wolf. Uh, to reconsider his life trajectory. He begins to wonder what it would look like to be a good guy for a change. And obviously this brings up a lot of tension within the team and, and it sort of develops from there. But but one of the things that I really loved about this movie is is this discussion of change um, and this discussion of redemption. You know, one of the, the, the lines in the movie is actually, even trash can be recycled into something beautiful. And and that for for a Christian in the audience, I mean that's that's pretty resonant because that's sort of what we're all about, right? We're we are bad guys who have been redeemed. We've been salvaged from the trash heap to to become something better, something beautiful. And so because of that, I love kind of that that sense. Now you still have some some uh, bathroom humor to sort of wade through. There's a, there's a couple of other little issues, but for the most part, this is a very nice family friendly movie. All right. I love that. All right. How about um, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, which uh, definitely sounds like it's connected to Harry Potter? <laughs> you got it. Yes, this is uh, this is sort of a prequel to the Harry Potter series. Uh, there have been three Fantastic Beasts movie is, movies, and essentially it's dealing with, you know, big old Voldemort. He, his uh, his predecessor, Grindelwald, uh, is the big evil wizard at this time. And Albus Dumbledore, is, he's sort of a young guy, and he's built this team to take on Grindelwald. Um, now, one of, uh, one of Dumbledore's secrets for family audiences, uh, this is, it's not so secret. They've been hinting at this for a while, but, but Dumbledore actually comes out officially in this movie as gay. He actually had uh, he was in love with Grindelwald one time in, in his life. And so uh, you, families need to be aware of that. Obviously, you have all the magic that is always a part of all the Harry Potter movies. So if you're sensitive to magic, that's going to be another issue. This movie is also a little more violent than we've seen in the past. So you're going to have some 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 deaths. You're going to have a little bit of gore. Uh, it, it feels darker. 
in some ways than I think folks who are used to sort of the the Harry Potter world might uh, might be comfortable with. But it still has some really great messages about about sacrifice and about doing the right thing and standing up for what you believe in, uh, even under some really trying circumstances. So so the the the. The Fantastic Beast movie is a little bit of a mixed bag, and parents should just read the review just to make sure they, they know what they're getting into. All right, so that's reviewed for you at PluggedIn.com if you want to read the whole review and um, and read in on a number of other things as well. Um, Paul, let's talk about the, the movie Memory. Memory is a very interesting movie. It's a Liam Neeson movie. And I think that when a Liam Neeson movie comes in the spring, we kind of know what it's going to be about, right? Liam Neeson is just this guy who has a particular set of skills and he uses them violently. Um, this this film sort of goes along that same arc. Uh, this time he plays a uh, an assassin, essentially, a hitman. But the key is he is actually suffering Alzheimer's disease. He is starting to lose his memory. Um, And in the process, as he's sort of losing this, this is obviously not a very good condition to be an assassin with. You know, you you don't want to forget things when you're an assassin. But as he goes on this this one last job that he really wants to do uh, or feels like he needs to do, he comes to a crisis of conscience. Uh, he's asked to kill this teen girl who was sort of drug into to trafficking, um, and and he refuses to do it. He he actually fights against it. Um, it's not successful, but in that process, he turns away from his previous life and begins to aid the police. And so it's sort of this race to catch these bad guys with the help from the FBI uh, before before the assassin loses his memory entirely. Uh, So it's a more interesting movie than you would think it might be. Um, It's not sort of the cookie cutter Liam Neeson movie that we've we've come to expect. Uh, But that said, it is rated R. And it is quite violent, and it has quite a bit of language. You're dealing with uh, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 40, 50 F-words. So it's definitely not for families, but it is an interesting film to be sure. All right. Well, and I think that when we're talking about, you know, movies that other people are going to see, what you're giving us is enough for us to be able to participate in the conversation without ever seeing the movie. I mean, I'll just confess to you, that's part of the reason that I um, appreciate our conversations. I'm probably not seeing this movie, Uh, but a lot of other people, right, a lot of other people will be seeing the movie. And what you've told me gives me enough information that I could enter into a conversation with somebody, um, even if I haven't seen the movie and they have, um, and you know, and plumb some of the uh, interesting points raised raised in it. So um, we're talking with Paul AC from Focus on the Families Plugged In. You can find what we're talking about at pluggedin.com. When we come back, um, I'm going to ask Paul to address the controversy related to the Chosen. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Continuing our conversation with Paul AC from Focus on the Families, Plugged In. You can find what we're talking about and a whole lot more at PluggedIn.com. Um, all right, 
<clears throat> Paul, this uh, this controversy or pseudo controversy was um, I became aware of it actually as listeners texted in related to a conversation that I was having about the chosen a couple of weeks ago. Um, it now is like fully blooming. And so talk with us about uh, this controversy or pseudo controversy related to the chosen. You bet. You bet. So it, it, there is there has been a rumor circulating for for actually months now uh, that the chosen is is funded by by the Church of Latter Day Saints or otherwise known as the Mormons. Um, there's also been rumors that it is it is actually being produced by folks who aren't Christian or whatnot. Uh, both of these rumors have been debunked time and time again, and most recently just on the uh, on the chosen Facebook feed, where they said, you know, right very directly, we're not anti-Christian, we're not produced by Mormons. Uh, so you have these 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 elements that that I'm not exactly sure how all that began. I think the 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 Mormon. Uh, Rumor is much more easily traced because uh, you know the chosen has been linked to VidAngel, which is which is owned by by the church, not owned by the Church of Latter Day Saints, but but has some influence from there. Um, so they have a relationship with that. Uh, but for but when you talk about the chosen series itself, you know it's it's produced by Dallas Jenkins, who is who is obviously left behind, notably uh, a graduate of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. There you go. <laughs> Notably, obviously, who could forget that? Uh, but he is—he's an evangelical Christian. He considers himself a conservative evangelical. I've—I've I've actually interviewed him on a couple of occasions, um, and definitely when I talk with him, it's—it's it's pretty obvious that that his heart is in the right place. He is making this movie. He's making this television show uh, to to bring the the biblical stories. A new life. Uh, he is really engaged with trying to 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 flesh out some of what we've always read in the scriptures, and to maybe even bring the stories to a new audience. Uh, so, so I know that I know that from talking with him, his heart is definitely in the right place. And and for those who have watched The Chosen. It is excellent. It's really a very, very good production. It's uh, it's it is as good as as most of what you see on TV these days at all. Yeah, I'm a fan. I don't mind saying so, and I think that um, the effort to get people to question uh, the motives behind it, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm just going to say that that's that's the enemy trying to keep people from watching it. So, I mean, that's what it feels like to me. All right. Talk yeah. with us about The Survivor. Boy, The Survivor. It stars uh, – this is an HBO movie that came out on Wednesday, actually. Um, and it stars one of my very favorite actors. His name is Ben Foster. And he was in – The Survivor is a very, very gritty movie. It, it's essentially – it essentially features this guy who uh, is is in a Nazi concentration camp. He's a Jewish boxer. Um, but it, when he's in Auschwitz, he is asked by his Nazi his Nazi keepers to go into the ring and fight fellow prisoners. The winner dies, or the the winner goes and is able to survive. The loser dies. So he is truly fighting for his life. But because he is so good, he knows that he's sentencing the people who he's fighting to death. Uh, it's a very, very intriguing and gritty, difficult, difficult to watch movie. Uh, but Ben Foster, he might be one of the best undersung 
actors in the business today. He starred in one of my favorite movies of probably 2016, 2017 called Leave No Trace. Um, I don't think that the survivor is necessarily everybody's cup of tea because it is very grim, very hard to watch. Leave No Trace is a beautiful resonant story about a, a father and his daughter, uh, and it's actually rated PG. It's a and it's a wonderful movie. I think it should have been nominated for a whole bunch of Oscars that it wasn't. But if you have a chance, check out Leave No Trace because it shows Ben Foster at his best. I think. So, um, you know, we're, I think when we're talking with people about war movies and movies that um, illuminate the realities of war, um, you know, one of the reasons I wanted you to highlight uh, the, the Survivor, not only because it came out this week, but because this is Holocaust Remembrance uh, Day and or the mm -hmm. days in which we remember the Holocaust. And I think that's why it was released on Wednesday. It, was, it seemed mm -hmm. an odd date, but I think that was mm -hmm. probably the motivation to do it then. Um, and it is one of those things that, uh, you know, I obviously we're not recommending that families it, watch this. But um, if you're going to be watching a gritty movie anyway, you might as you might as well watch one that has some purpose behind it tells a real story about a real person and the realities of real war. And um, let's just imagine for a moment you're forced to make these kinds of decisions, which I suspect um, is happening in places in the world right now with stories that we're not hearing and aren't mm -hmm. being told. And so, you know, I think that in terms of dealing with reality as opposed to watching another, you know, feel-good film of some sort, you know, sometimes we need to go to the dark places and recognize um, just how dark the world is so that we can remember just how wonderful it is to know the one who is the light. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and one of the roles we have it plugged in is to is to keep, uh, you know, keep our readers apprised as, as to what they might find in movies. And, you know, I, I think that sometimes uh, we're perceived as as docking movies for having uncomfortable content when it gets too gritty, too gross. Uh, but at the same time, I think when you're talking about about difficult movies, there is a place for those. They allow us in a very, very, very small way to enter a reality that we otherwise might not know and we might not understand. And I think that that sometimes those movies, and I think that the survivor qualifies, can give us a better understanding, a better empathy, even though there's nothing, obviously, you know, watching a movie is not the same as living something out, but it gives us just a small window into into a really tragic uh, reality that we might otherwise not know. And it might even spur us on to, to action to do something good in the future. Amen. Amen. Paul AC from Focus on the Families plugged in. I, got, I want you guys to check out uh, the post on their blog, How Social Media Distorts Reality. Really excellent information and content there as well. Um, Paul, thanks so much. Anytime. Thanks so much. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. All right, when you consider your relationship with God, I want you just to think for just a moment about how you address God. When you pray, do you pray to God the Father? How do you also address Jesus? 
And how often do you talk to the Holy Spirit? Like God is this triune reality, but the Holy Spirit is often terribly neglected in terms of the way we relate to God. And yet it is the Holy Spirit who makes the relating possible. So how is it that we draw close and experience a life awakened to the Holy Spirit? We're going to talk with Becky Thompson about God so close, experiencing a life awakened to his spirit. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. This is amazing grace. So we're joined today by Becky Thompson. Um, Her book is God So Close, Experience a Life Awakened to His Spirit. Becky, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Oh, thanks for having me on, Carmen. I'm looking forward to our chat. Absolutely. All right. So I think that the Holy Spirit is like the most ignored member of the Trinity, and you are inviting us into a closer relationship with God, who is the Holy Spirit, by helping us to scripturally unpack who He is and how He moves. Um, So let's just start right there. Like, introduce us to the Holy Spirit. Well, I mean, I love that the, you know, okay, great. I can do that. I can do that. I, it's one of those things where I've written the whole book on it now. And so it's like, let's just go right into the deep end. Let's just jump right in. So the Holy Spirit, like you said, he's the most overlooked person of the Trinity, but we have to start there with, he is a person. Jesus, when talking about the Holy Spirit, he says, he's going to come and he's going to speak truth. And he's going to speak what the father says to him and he will lead and he will guide him. You know, throughout scripture, we see that the Holy Spirit has a personality, you know, he's got a mind, he has a will, he has emotions, and these are attributes of personhood. And yet he's depicted as wind and as fire and as all of these things. And so we think, well, how do you have a relationship with wind? How do you have a relationship with fire? But one of the things I address in the book and I I talk about often is that we as human beings, you know, we live in skin suits. We have bodies that surround our spirits. But the truth is our spirit is the realest part of who we are. As a matter of fact, scripture says that when we die and get to heaven um, and we put off this earthly body, we'll get a new body in heaven because the bodies aren't the most important part of who we are. Um, And likewise, when I think of the Holy Spirit, I just remember that he is who he is just without the confines of flesh, keeping him in one place. That's why he can be here with me and he can be there with you and he can be with all of the listeners this morning. So we know that God is spirit, um, but we're also talking about the spirit as a co-equal, co-eternal member of the Trinity. And we're talking about the unique names, character, attributes of the Holy Spirit, of the living God. Can you walk around for us a little bit in sort of the challenge that it is to separate the members of the Trinity without actually separating the members of the Trinity? Well, yeah, I think it's impossible because, you know, God is one. He reminds us over and over that he is one. The Lord your God is one. He tells Israel. And um, and yet when we look at the different ways that God moves, you know, the father and the son's relationship, Jesus and the Holy Spirit's relationship, the Holy Spirit and the father's relationship um, and how this dynamic works together, it is a mystery. It's a mystery that I don't believe our brains will have the capacity to fully understand 
unpack on this side of heaven. However, it is a truth that resounds in our hearts um, when we take time and we really examine this and go, God, I believe that your word says that you are one. I believe that the father and and son are one and want us to be one. Like uh, Jesus says, I want them to be one. Like we're one speaking to the father. But, um, you know, we have to remember that uh, the role of the son in, in restoring the role of the son, Jesus in restoring humanity back into right relationship with God, the role of the Holy spirit in enabling and empowering believers to follow God, to live a life that's pleasing to him. Um, the work that the Holy spirit does in the salvation process, you know, they, they have unique roles in the oneness of who they are. And so my thinking is this, if they are all co-equal, if there isn't some hierarchy, you know, where we try to make one over the other, if, if they are truly one, and there can be no difference among them because there can be no discord within God, then that means that I need to know God in his fullness. I need to know the Holy Spirit so I can know the Father better. I need to embrace this portion of who God is so that I can have a full picture of who God is. I love it. We're talking with Becky Thompson. The book is God So Close, Experience a Life Awakened to His Spirit. Um, the word relationship comes up a lot. Um, the word relationship um, is is kind of the center up piece of this conversation in terms in terms of my engagement with God. And so, you know, we acknowledge that we have a reconciled relationship with the Father through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. All members of the Trinity are actively engaged, and yet. I think we imagine the relationship is more with the Father or more with the Son. And I feel like what you are helping us see is that it's equally important um, to have an active relationship with God as Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes, that is the hope here. I feel like we only know God as well as we know the Holy Spirit. And here's why I say that. As you read the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is bringing life to those words inside of your heart. He is giving illumination to your spirit of what those words on paper mean. He is the hearer and the interpreter uh, for us from within us. And it's such a cool relationship. But often, you know, we've been warned. It feels like it feels like nobody warns us about Jesus from within the church, right? Nobody from within uh-huh. the church would say, oof, Jesus walks into the room. Be careful of that guy. But the Holy Spirit shows up in a service in some powerful way, moving in a way that, you know, humanity is responding to, like perhaps the Israelites would have responded to God's presence at the base of the mountain when his presence descended there. And they had a physical response. When when we have a physical response today to the manifest presence of God in the room, it seems like there's a, a good portion of the body of Christ that says, oof, I don't know, watch out. We don't know about that guy. We don't know about the Holy Spirit. And I really feel like this is where the enemy of our hearts wants us. He wants us to distance ourselves from this supernatural relationship. He wants us to pursue information and not relationship. He wants us to keep it on surface level, if anything, um, 
from what we discover. And I really believe that God is inviting his church back into an understanding of a relationship with the Holy Spirit, because this is the God who comes close. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And anytime any one of us as believers have prayed, God, I need your peace. Will you come? I need your strength. Will you come? It's the Holy Spirit who has done the work. And so I believe he deserves the honor and the respect as God to turn toward him and say, we won't just say, Father, we won't just say, Son, we will acknowledge the presence and personhood of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I love how Jesus confirms um, that, you know, you're going to be better off when when I actually die and go uh, take my seat at the right hand of the Father because the Holy Spirit is going to come then and you're going to be better off um, with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And And yet we neglect it. We neglect both the presence and the power available to us in the Holy Spirit. Um, We're talking with Becky Thompson. We're talking about her new book, God So Close, Experience a Life Awakened to His Spirit. When we come back, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts available to believers, the power of the Spirit available today, how the Spirit still speaks today. All of that up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Picking up in our conversation with Becky Thompson, where we left off, the book is God So Close, Experience a Life Awakened to His Spirit. Becky, when we talk about the Spirit, I suspect that um, people often, they often point to a knowledge of, well, the Spirit is, you know, is the part of God maybe that uh, through whom gifts come. So can you clear up some of that? Because even as the way I said it, uh, that wasn't accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love this because I think of how Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is the gift. And truly that is true. The gift is his presence. And yet he gives us these giftings, these abilities to move through us. So let's kind of unpack this. There's a story in C.S. Lewis's book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And to make it really simple, these characters are on a mission and they need tools. They need weapons. And Father Christmas shows up. And in this allegory, really, of our life as believers, they are given tools. And these gifts, they seem like toys. And yet he makes this distinguishing sentence. He says, these these are tools and not toys. And I think in our lives, when we think of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I'll just lift a, list a few, mercy and acts of service and helping and uh, words of knowledge and healing, all of these supernatural and yet often overlooked things that the Holy Spirit is doing through us as normal believers. We think, well, these are things just given to believers like we think of a gift, we think of it to us, right? It's a gift that's given to us. But the gifts of the Spirit of God are tools that are to us so He can move through us. They are they are a river. They are not a pool into our lives. And so uh, I love how when Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit to the church at Corinth and to the church at Rome, he doesn't talk about them as though they don't have a knowledge that they exist. He talks to them as though they are already in full possession. He speaks to them like they already know they have these gifts um, through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit who's moving in their churches. And he just gives an explanation of how to properly use them. So as 
we believers today look back at this teaching of Paul, we go, okay, he's not trying to convince them that they still have gifts to use. He's trying to tell them, okay, here's why the body of Christ needs God to move through you. Here's why the body of Christ needs um, you, needs your tool, needs your gifting, um, so we can be whole and have have God moving in our midst. And so today, as you know, we read these passages and we think on these giftings, you know, we should eagerly desire for God to move through us, not just so we can boast in this, my goodness, never really so we can boast in this, but so that the body of Christ can have the full working of what he wanted to make available and so that the world can come to know him. If we would read um, Jesus's parable of the talents in conversation with the way Paul talks about the giving of, uh, of the Spirit and the gifts given to the body for the building up, um, you know, for the accomplishing of God's will, I think we would differently understand the parable of the talents, right? I mean, I just think that, like, when you bring this to me and I begin unfolding it in my mind, I'm like, oh, well, if the gift is the Spirit— um, then my my failure to be in in a robust relationship with the Spirit of God um, doesn't just you know mean I'm stashing away the good gifts of God you know for myself as opposed to using them for God's glory and the blessing of others, but I'm actually like neglecting the thing that God gave me to be His instrument in the world today. Like I'm, I'm actually failing to be who I'm supposed to be if I'm neglecting my relationship with the spirit. Yeah. And I think it's so important to think that there are always people on the other side of what God calls us to do. Um, Mm. you know, sometimes, sometimes we think, how does this just impact my own life? But you know, you exist within community. We all exist within spheres of family, whatever that looks like. And, you know, whether you're a mom listening and you've got kids or you're an empty nester, or, you know, you have a, a work community or you have a church family, these people need what God wants to do in you and through you. And so stewarding this gifting isn't just for your own life. It's really for the people that are standing next to you. It's for the people that God has put in your path. This is what Jesus modeled. It was to him and through him. And um, and by to him, I mean the relationship of Jesus and the Holy Spirit moving together wasn't just for Jesus's sake to say, I'm here. I am the Christ. I am the son of the living God. It was so he could say, I am the Christ, the son of the living God, and I have come for a purpose in our own lives as carriers of the spirit of God. We aren't just pools, we are rivers, and God wants to move through us in a really mighty way. Yeah, that nature of us as a conduit or the instrumentality, um, that's so good. That's so wonderful. All right, we are talking with Becky Thompson. The book is God So Close, Experience a Life Awakened to His Spirit. This is really um, a, a scriptural book. You're going to get to unpack what Scripture says about the Holy Spirit, who He is, how He moves um, in and through the life of a believer. It's invitational. Um, It's also, you know, at some points a little bit challenging. Becky, talk with us because I think that this idea that the Holy Spirit still speaks today, like immediately my radar goes up when I hear that or hear somebody say that because I, I resist the idea of like, Right. God saying something new and different that's out of a line with what God has already said or what. So can you talk a little bit about this, 
God still speaking today business? Um, yeah, I think it's really, really important because you said, um, you know, my radar goes up when God might say something different than what he's already said. And we got to be real clear. The Holy Spirit never says anything contradictory to what is already said and confirmed in the word of God. You know, if if you're hearing something in your heart and it is not what God has already ordained in his word, it is not the voice of the Lord. And so this is why Amen. learning to hear the Holy Spirit is so, so important. But um, Jesus says this in John chapter 16, verse 13, he says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. And I think it's really important that if Jesus said the Holy Spirit would speak, then the Holy Spirit speaks. You know, God has not lost his voice. He spoke the world mm. into creation. He spoke the, uh, through the prophets. He spoke through Jesus. He speaks currently through the word of God. And yet he doesn't come into our hearts and abide silently. There is not one believer who has not heard the word of God um, as revealed by the Holy Spirit, who is giving their heart illumination. And so I think it's really, really important to say this. If you have come into relationship with the Father, you have been drawn by the Holy Spirit into that relationship with the Father. The Word says this is true. So whether we thought of it as a voice or as a prompting, um, this was the leading of the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart and drawing you into relationship with the father. So I, I firmly believe there isn't one believer who hasn't heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. They just haven't recognized what they were he hearing, feeling, sensing, seeing as the Lord speaking to them. And if we haven't been trained up in it, then we have no way of discerning when what we're hearing is the spirit or not. And so I think that this equipping is essential, not just for men and women today, but also for our children. Like we, we've been raised as a generation of people who have a relationship with God, the father through Jesus Christ, the son, and who have largely ignored our relationship with the Holy Spirit. So maybe no wonder the world is so confused um, at what God may or may not be saying, because we, we don't have any ability to discern because we don't know how to distinguish the Holy Spirit from every other spirit of the age. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And this is why in my own house, in my own family, I've worked really hard to make conversational relationship with God a, a real portion of our family life, a real portion of our you know, interactive relationship that we have as a family with God. Because I think when we think of prayer, we, you know, it's just speaking, but can you imagine if I called you on the phone, I said everything I needed to say, and I hung up immediately, never expecting <laughs> you to speak back. It would be the weirdest relationship. And you would be like, I don't, okay, I had more to say to you, but it's like, we pray to God. We expect him to then turn around and break into our busy, but so much of our lives is neglected the waiting on God. Our busyness has taken away from the waiting on God. Our distraction, our stress, the realities of the events in our day are taking away from the supernatural God that we serve. So as you know, I'm raising my kids, I'm going, what is God saying to you today? What a, what a question to ask a child to make it normal, that God would speak to them, that they 
do hear the voice of the Lord. What is God saying to you today? What does he want you to know today? What is he reminding your heart of today? So we spend time reading the word so they can get to know his voice, but also we spend time just listening and waiting for God to speak, trusting that he hasn't lost his voice. I love it. So fun to meet you. You guys can connect with Becky online, beckythompson.com. From there, you can get her on all the socials. The book is there as well. God so close. Experience a life awakened to his spirit. Becky, thank you so much. I love, um, I feel like I've made a new friend. So thank you so much for joining us today. (laughs) Me too. I really enjoyed our chat. Thanks for having me on. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and this is Faith Radio. I love it when the uh, fact checkers are on it this early in the day. Um, Thank you so much for the clarification. I think it might have been David who sent this. I can't exactly remember now. It's been a while. Um, So I said earlier that the Ukrainian farmers were not planting sunflowers and that that was, you know, going to complicate supply chain related to um, edible oils. The issue is going to be uh, potentially harvesting and certainly distribution, like right, like ex- exporting since the ports are closed, um, because the Ukrainian farmers actually um, are planting. Uh, there is a report um, on MSN.com, and you can actually see them, the farmers out there in their flak jackets and their John Deere tractors. Like, first of all, what a great um, picture of... Uh, of these guys. And, um, you know, farming is already hard work. These farmers are uh, out there in their bulletproof vests and their ballistic helmets, um, driving their tractors, and um, they are planting sunflowers. Uh, Area shelling, it says, has increased in recent weeks, uh, but they are determined to plow their fields and plant their sunflowers. And so... um, it's uh, it's inspiring, it's encouraging, and I now have a whole new level of not only respect, um, but prayer for these guys who are um, literally out in the fields right now um, planting wheat and maize, barley, and sunflower. Those are their biggest crops, and those are the ones that they're planting not only to feed their own people, but as the breadbasket of that part of the world. So let's be praying for those guys, and let's be praying for God to give a harvest that is surprising. And um, and then, you know, and then let's pray that not only would the harvest be wonderful, but that there would be a way to distribute those goods to people who need them. I just, I love that. So thank you for the clarification. Thank you for helping me get it right. I uh, This is a community effort, so I uh, genuinely appreciate it. All right. As always, it's a delight to be with you. Thank you so very much. Oh, I also like the story that somebody sent in about people planting sunflowers in the places where Ukrainian refugees are fleeing. Um, and that's happening here in the United States as well. As Ukrainian uh, people are arriving in communities across the country, People have been planting sunflowers in anticipation of their arrival. So now I'm inspired to plant some sunflowers as well. What are you going to do today to make the world um, a little more uh, beautiful and a place where the gospel is proclaimed not only in word but in deed? Maybe, Maybe plant some sunflowers. It's a little early, but you could get them started in little cups in your house. All right. Have a great weekend. God bless. See you right back here on Monday. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. 
If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.